Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Well, I hope your week is off to a good start here on this Monday, the Memorial of St. Anthony. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and this is The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app, where we look at some different aspect of our interior life, our, our spiritual journey, look at that, try and have a better understanding of it, and how we can grow in holiness. And so glad to have you along for this hour here today. And do you remember how important candy was for you as a child? Did you go to the store when you had that little bit of money in your pocket that you could spend on one or two things in the candy aisle and you just stand there and just stare at all the different options that you could pick out and it'd take you forever to decide what do I really want? I'd almost always default to something chocolate. Reese's peanut butter cups, those were always a favorite, still are. Uh, what you might call it candy bars. That was another one that was a favorite. I think those are harder to find now, but they're still out there. Um, sometimes, though, I might feel like a Three Musketeers or a Snickers or maybe that Hershey's bar with almonds. But chocolate, as a kid, one of the very best things you could have. I, I know plenty of adults who would say it's still one of their favorite indulgences. But as a child, you don't have any concept of moderation. Chocolate is just pure deliciousness. And when you're five or six or seven years old, if you don't have your mom or your dad give you a limit on how much you should eat, you're just going to keep going. My brother would make himself sick on treats and snacks because he just had no self-control when it came to that when he was a little kid. Uh, you, You might even find yourself trying to sneak extra chocolate when your parents aren't paying attention. I remember when I was seven years old, it was just a few days before Christmas that year, and my sister, she's 13 years older than me, she had just married her husband earlier that summer. They were staying with us. They were visiting us for the holiday. And that evening, we had dinner, and when I'd finished eating, I asked to be excused, and my mom and my dad, they stayed there at the table, and they just continued the conversation they were already having with my sister and my brother-in-law. And at some point during that conversation... My mom stopped midstream talking and realized we don't hear any noise, any sound coming from the living room. That's where I was. Normally, they'd hear me playing with some of my toys or they'd, you know, maybe I'd have the television on or something, but it was completely silent. Now, in our living room, we had this big candy dish on the coffee table. And since it was almost Christmas, it was filled up with all these Hershey's Kisses. And you know that phrase... It's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission. 
Well, after leaving the dinner table, I had gone into the living room and I started unwrapping one after another of those Hershey's Kisses. I hadn't even stopped to eat one of them yet. My reasoning was, if they're unwrapped, well, they have to be eaten. So there I was at seven years old, unwrapping as many as I possibly could in this effort to give myself this huge amount of chocolate that I could, I could go through that evening. And my parents, along with my sister and her husband, they walked into the living room, and my mom immediately, of course, she yelled out, Stop! <laughs> and I don't remember if I said anything at that point. But I knew there was a bit of disappointment from not making it farther through those Hershey's Kisses, unwrapping more of them. I did get to eat some of them, but I didn't get to eat every one of those. I soon discovered that I had unwrapped chocolate for everyone. My mom, my dad, my sister, my brother-in-law, they all had some of that chocolate that I had hoped to eat. Now, the, the thing about this story is I had a choice at the beginning. I could have asked for permission to have some chocolate that evening, to have one, two, three of those Hershey Kisses, however many I might have been allowed, but I didn't ask. I was tempted by the promise of more chocolate than I knew my parents would want me to eat after dinner. And so I plotted this way that I could get as much chocolate as possible. Now, those temptations that we face in our lives, on the surface, they have that promise of something good, something better than what we see for ourselves if we just do what we're supposed to do. But after giving into that temptation, it's never quite as good as we hoped. In fact, many times, it can be an outright disappointment. We would have been better off if we had simply done what we knew we should do, right at the outset. So today on The Inner Life, we want to talk about the temptations that we face in our lives. And we want to talk about practical ways that we can avoid and resist those temptations. And joining us is our spiritual director for the hour, Father Matthew Spencer, is back with us once again. Father Matthew is a priest with the Oblates of St. Joseph. He's the provincial superior and the shrine director for the Oblates of St. Joseph out of Santa Cruz, California. Father Matthew, welcome back to The Inner Life. You have a favorite chocolate bar or chocolate candy? Oh, I was drooling during those first opening comments. <laughs> I'm with you on... on uh... Reese's peanut butter cups, I, I love those. You know, to be honest, I love sour candy. And um, that's my, I, my oldest daughter, that's her favorite. She goes, yeah. I think she ruined her taste buds for a few days I, from eating think, too many of those at one point. <laughs> I'm sure my dentist isn't very happy with the, the amount of, uh, of acids I've put into my mouth from, from a sour candy. But yeah, they're tempting, aren't they, those candies? They are. And as we want to look at temptation today, you know, I, this was, I had not looked at the readings until this morning that we hear at Mass. And even the reading at Mass today, that first reading taken from uh, the book of First Samuel, we hear this moment where Saul, the king of Israel, he was originally instructed by God through uh, Samuel the prophet to wage war against the Amalekites. God speaks through Samuel the prophet about how he will punish the Amalekites for their actions against Israel. And Saul is supposed to destroy everything and everyone, but he ends up not following those directions. He spares the king of the Amalekites. He also sees all their flocks and all these other possessions. And it's such a temptation for him that he only destroys things that don't seem like they have any value. He holds on to anything that does appear to have value to him. And so today in the reading, it's where we start seeing 
Samuel kind of chiding and getting on Saul's case about disobeying God's directions to him. But then Saul, he tries to justify why he kept these things. Well, I only kept the, the best things because I wanted to offer them as a sacrifice to God. And as I was reading that, I was thinking, oh, I think that's a really easy thing for so many of us that we want to try and rationalize or justify our behavior. Well, that's why I gave into temptation. And I might even start trying to fool myself, think, thinking that, well, God will understand why I sinned this one time, and he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll be on my side with this. But it's always a lie whenever we find ourselves in that situation. A temptation always makes us uh, <laughs> twist the truth, doesn't it? I mean, you, I think it's a wonderful example that you're presenting from First Samuel. Saul, he's he's maybe following the letter of the law, uh, but definitely not the spirit of the law. <laughs> he's taking the best of that and he's saying to Samuel, oh, don't worry, I'm going to take all these nice sheep and oxen, I'm going to offer them to the Lord. Uh, but there was the temptation for him to say, look at all these nice, the spoils of, of my enemies that I've now captured, and now I can claim credit for them. And, and that happens in our life, too, on a, on a smaller scale. When we're tempted, we, we rationalize, we justify our, our actions that go against the commandments. And, and ultimately, if we're not careful, we, we can fall into sin, even. Temptation can lead us into going against the commandments. And I think... It's so important that we, we ponder temptation in order to, to avoid falling into that trap. Because while temptation itself isn't a sin, uh, we, are, we are led to sin when we're not careful when temptation uh, rears its ugly head. Well, and right after Sam, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Saul, once, uh, right after King Saul, uh, it, you know, he hears from Samuel and he tries to give this justification, then Samuel does respond with this line where, like you said, temptation can lead us to try and twist the truth. Well, Samuel just cuts right through that and says, obedience is better than sacrifice. To obey is better than the sacrifice that you want to offer. And really gets out of that twisted kind of area that King Saul wanted to go into. Let's talk about one of the things you said. Temptation is not sin. So what is temptation? How would we define temptation when we're looking at it today? So I think the, the, the best summary description of temptation can be found in the Catechism. Uh, paragraph 538 says, Temptation is an attraction either from outside oneself or from within, to act contrary to right reason and the commandments of God. So temptation is ultimately this, this attraction, this leaning towards, towards going against God's commandments. And also, notice, going against right reason. Uh, we don't even need to be people of faith to experience temptation because temptation itself, part of fallen human nature, is this there's this attraction to go against even what, what is clear from, from right reason, from the faculty of reason that we have. And, and that can come, as the Catechism points out, either from outside of us. You, you and I we were just talking about candy. That can be a, a temptation for us to, to maybe put things into our body that are not good for us. 
but also temptation can can well up from within us, from our own brokenness, and lead us uh, towards sin and to go against the commandments of God. Well, so let's talk for a moment about that, the the temptation that wells up within us. You know, the external, like you said, the candy, you know, there, there are things like that where I think it's it's pretty apparent for us. We can recognize those moments where we've crossed that line moving from temptation to outright committing a sin. But there are those other times where it's internal. We might be struggling to resist a temptation. And it all becomes a matter of how we think and process those temptations. I'm thinking of areas right now like anger or lust. And, you know, with anger, I think with lust, a lot of people would, you know, they, they, they know where their mind goes in those moments. Anger is another one. And if I'm upset with someone, I might find myself dwelling on maybe that last encounter I had with that person. And I might not do or say anything directly to that person, but I might keep thinking about, oh, I'm so angry with them. If only I had said this one thing, that really would have put them in their place. Things like that. At what point do our thoughts move from an area of temptation into sin? How do we know that when it is that internal struggle and process that we're, we're going through in our mind? This is, this is one of the really challenging things to, to untangle in the spiritual life because uh, as you point out, it's, it's not always clear when, when the temptation uh, wells up. You know, we, we're not always clear. When did that anger start? As sometimes we, ex- we go through a moment of frustration and then that frustration leads to, to deeper resentment maybe and that resentment then festers and becomes anger. And it's hard to, it's hard to know, well, where exactly did that even come from? And was it just because I was in a bad mood, in a bad place? And I think that's what's hard about uh, tackling temptation in the spiritual life is there's uh, the genesis of it is so subtle and so small. Uh, the 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 church has actually taught uh, in her wisdom that the the capital sins pride, greed. You mentioned two of them: anger and lust, gluttony, sloth. These are the root of all temptation, uh, but where they come from becomes so subtle. So. We might not know the immediate origin of the temptation, but we can distinguish between when it becomes, when it turns from temptation to a sin. And the 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 primary distinguishing feature or factor in that evaluation is whether I have consented to to the temptation. So in other words, maybe in my head, emotionally, anger has crept in and and just kind of uh, created this turmoil in my mind. And maybe I'm on the road and I have an angry thought towards another driver. But maybe all this is happening without my conscious thinking of it. It's just my broken, my broken human response. But as soon as I recognize that that's where I'm at, then I have a decision to make. Well, am I going to offer this frustration up to the Lord? Am I going to ask for the gift of patience and forgiveness in this moment? Or am I going to will my anger against this other person? Am I going to hold on to this to this hurt within me? And that's really what distinguishes uh, what when temptation turns into sin is when I notice what's happening within me and then decide whether I consent to it, say yes to it or not. And um, that's when when really the rubber meets the road, right? When when uh, when I decide to go with the temptation or not, that's when the the determination of whether it's a sin or not has taken place. 
the other thing that comes to mind as you're talking about that too is you know the angry with somebody on the road mm-hmm. if i recognize that anger you know a- a- after that's happened just in the moment but you said you know where we take notice of it mm-hmm. if i take notice of it and i say ah okay maybe that person is racing through and speeding because uh, you know, there's a medical emergency, or I don't know what day, what kind of day they've gone through. Maybe they just lost their job and they're frustrated and they're racing home, and you know, whatever it might be. But at that at that moment, I'm trying to maybe put myself in their position, or I'm trying to be somewhat empathetic there. Mm-hmm. If I take notice of that, but. Th- I hold on to that anger. The thing that I think of in any of those instances is I start kind of relishing that anger or whatever it might be and think, oh, <laughs> if I had my way. And that's that's where, you know, where there's that moment rather than saying, okay, I want the best for that person and I hope they're okay. Then it becomes, I want the best for me. I want the thing I want. And I, I just, oh, I would so enjoy... <laughs> seeing that person get their comeuppance. You know, that that's kind of the difference, I guess, I see in my own response, my own attitude there. Yeah, and that, I think, happens to us all. The the passions that, that arise from within us, like anger, like lust, um, they feel good in, in the moment because something is within us, you know, being moved and, and we, we're feeling maybe more deeply uh, a human response. Uh, I think... The, the, the challenge with temptation is in the moment it feels good, right? It feels like this is the right response or this yeah. is the path to happiness for me to get my, my, my revenge on somebody or to satisfy the, the desires of, of the flesh maybe. Um, and that's because temptation distorts, as we mentioned a moment ago, it distorts our perspective on the world and on others. And, and, and it also makes us lose sight of what is what is better for us, what is healthier for us, which is self-mastery, which is discipline and ordering our passions, not being controlled by our passions, but instead being able to, to master our passions. And so this is why I think, Josh, that in the moment when, when real temptation has, has gripped us, uh, we're already in a very dangerous spot. And, and in, my, in my experience, both personally and as a priest, it's very important to start fighting or, or, or pushing back on temptation much earlier than when, it's, when I'm already on the road and the blood is boiling over and it's going to my head. Uh, I've already almost lost the battle. Not completely, right? I don't want to say it's completely hopeless. But when I enter into the car, I need to be saying a prayer for other drivers I need to be focusing on maintaining my peace no matter what might happen. I need to, several steps removed, be working on mitigating uh, what passions might arise from me within me and then lead me to temptation. And I think that's a real key element of conquering uh, or, or not allowing temptation to lead to sin is being prepared for whatever might come. Talking with Father Matthew Spencer today as we discuss facing those temptations, resisting, avoiding those temptations. When have you faced that temptation in your life and how have you been able to overcome it? What are some of the strategies or helpful ways that you stay strong when you are tempted? How has God helped you in those moments? 
uh, helped you pass the weakness that you have in yourself, given you his strength. Maybe you're struggling with some temptation in your life right now. You're not sure how to proceed, how to avoid that temptation. And you'd like some advice from Father Matthew. You can call in and join our program. 888-914-9149 is our studio line here. 888-914-9149. Or you can email innerlife at relevantradio.com. And we'll continue talking about temptations and looking at some practical ways that we can uh, help ourselves grow in God's <laughs> mercy, uh, call on his strength, and avoid those temptations in the future. And we'll continue that right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com Forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, and today talking with Father Matthew Spencer. He's our spiritual director for the hour as we're discussing temptation. What are those areas in your life where you face that regular temptation? And what are ways that you have worked at being able to resist and avoid those temptations? How has God helped you in your life so that when you face those temptations, you can resist them, you can stay strong? Maybe you're going through that temptation right now, uh, something that you face regularly, and you need some encouragement. You need some advice on how you can progress so that you don't fall, that you don't give into it. And you can call us and talk with Father Matthew at 888-914-9149, Father Matthew, right before the break, you were talking about if we find ourselves in that moment of temptation and we really haven't prepared ourselves ahead, we're, we're going to face a much harder battle at that moment. Not that everything's lost, but it's going to be much more difficult if we haven't prepared ourselves in advance. Uh, one of the ones I remember hearing a story about uh, my mom's, one of her absolute favorite people in uh, the Bible is Joseph in the Old Testament. One of the, uh, you know, the, the, the coat of many colors that, that Joseph. And when he ends up being sold by his brothers into slavery, and he goes to Egypt, and he's in the house of Potiphar, and he's there, and Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him. And he runs out, she grabs onto whatever, you know, jacket that he's wearing, and then she falsely says, well, he tried to attack me, and he ends up being thrown in prison because of this. One of the things that I remember hearing somebody say is he probably had made his decision well in advance that he had already decided, no, I will not, until I am married, I will not commit this sin of, you know, fornication or, you know, adultery. You know, I mean, there, there'd be that part there since she was married. He'd made his decision ahead of time so he could immediately respond with no. Um, that's something where uh, I, I remember hearing or reading um, St. Francis de Sales as he talks about in the introduction to the devout life. 
we can look back on those sins that we have with such longing, with such attraction, and have this kind of, uh, you know, oh, there's this, this, um, oh, I forget the the exact word he uses, but this kind of um, reluctance to stop thinking fondly of those sins. And we have to be honest about what those sins are, and we have to make up our mind well in advance. Yeah, we, we absolutely do. If um, <laughs> Let's use a, a kind of a simpler example going back to, to candy. Uh, we, uh, I might have a resolution to, to say not eat chocolate anymore, but if I find myself in the local chocolate shop drooling, looking at you know my favorite little chocolates there, thinking that somehow, oh, I'll resist this temptation. Well, I'm putting myself in a horrible place because there I am with with the object of my temptation immediately available before me, uh, so easily accessible. And that's that's a much harder, it's a much harder way to say no than than saying, well, I'm not going to drive to that chocolate shop. I'm not going to look at advertisements and sales for that chocolate shop. I'm going to I'm going to keep distance that way. Um, it's much easier for us to to resist falling into sin when we distance ourselves from sin. This is why many of the the various uh, formulas of the act of contrition will say something something to the effect of, uh, "I will avoid the near occasion of sin," because uh, not only is sin harmful for us, obviously, but even the near occasion of sin when when we place ourselves in a position where falling into temptation is that much easier. Let's, let's say relationships between men and women, you know, they have to be chased long before their actual wedding night. Why? Because they have to refrain from, from falling into, from making patterns and habits of physical expression of affection, for example. And that makes it a lot easier to remain chaste in order to, um, to, to meet the goal that the Lord has for all of us. So, yeah, it's, it's hard though, isn't it? Because we... We say, well, you know, just smelling this chocolate is not a sin, and that will satisfy some of my desires. But of course, it never does, because that smell leads us to want to have a little taste, and then that taste wants us to eat one whole one, and then that one whole one leads us to want to eat the whole box. And, well, we know the cycle, right? So if we're not careful, if we allow ourselves to be tempted and to enjoy some of the the pleasures that lead us to temptation, then... Uh, We're putting ourselves dangerously close to falling into sin. Well, uh, that phrase, the temptation or or the the places that we can have ourselves led into temptation, that's one of those lines we pray in the Our Father, lead us not into temptation. Are there moments where God does want us to face temptation for our own growth in our spiritual life, for us to grow in holiness. Jesus himself faced the temptation there in the wilderness um, before he began his public ministry. Are there times where God will want us to face temptation, even though we're praying, lead us not into temptation? I think God will allow temptations in our life, right? His permissive will. He allows uh, difficult experiences in our life because he knows that he can that those can be used for our good and those can be used to strengthen our character, to to test and, and harden our discipline and to allow us to, to be able to endure greater temptation in the future. Uh, yeah, absolutely, God allows temptation in our life. Um, 
that doesn't mean that every temptation in our life is is uh, intended directly by God. Sometimes those temptations are the result of our own actions that we should have avoided. Sometimes those temptations are a result of others who place those obstacles in our life. Uh, but regardless, I think God will will certainly aid us in temptation. I, I think it's really important that you you make that observation to connect it with the Our Father, the pattern of all prayer, because uh, temptation is a is a is for better or for worse is an essential part of the spiritual life. It's what all of us will experience at various points in our life, and how how important it is that we learn how to deal with it maturely, how to deal with it uh, responsibly and in, in a way that avoids us, uh, avoids it leading us into sin. Well, you know, the other thing too that should be reassuring for us, uh, God will not allow us to be tempted beyond our ability to resist that temptation. St. Paul writes about this in his first letter to the Corinthians, that God, if we are tempted, God will provide a way out for us. One of the things that comes to mind, though, as I'm saying that, is somebody who might be struggling with an addiction. Because at that point, number one, that can be overwhelming. Number two, you might be losing your free will. You don't have that same sort of free will to avoid falling again. You know, it can be done, but you're going to be struggling in a much different way than somebody who is not facing an addictive kind of temptation and area that they might give in and and, uh, sin. Is that temptation with an addiction, is that a different situation that we are approaching at that point? Is it something where, uh, I I mean, you know, there's so many different avenues for dealing with that, but it it is just so different than so many other things. I'm not addicted to anger. Do I, you know, have moments of anger? Sure. You know, do I have moments uh, where, yeah, I ate a little too much at dinner. I took the second piece of cake and I really didn't need that. You know, where we we might deal with gluttony, but it's not an addictive behavior like it might be with other things. Yeah, this is, I've thought about this often as as a priest. Um, One of the tragedies of, of sin is that it has effects that are that are much further reaching than we we ever realize. So let's take an example. When if I fall into say the sin of of gluttony. Uh that in the moment is certainly a sin and and can be a capital sin uh, or I, it is a capital sin and can be a mortal sin I should say depending on circumstances and intent and these kinds of things. Um uh, but what also happens in that occasion of sin is that my my future willpower is is diminished. My future resilience and, and opposition to sin is diminished. And we see this happen and take root in people that have, have become slaves to addiction. Their, their first drink, maybe of alcohol, uh, might not be a sin itself, but now leads them into a path where they're, they're less they're less able to to control it, and then each time that they indulge in this way, they're they're lowering their ability to say no to that temptation in the future. And so, my in my work as a priest, a lot of times I, I'm seeing people who come with maybe compulsive behaviors or addictions when they bring those to confession. What what really the the tragedy and the sorrow that they're facing is that 
over the years they have allowed their 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 willpower uh, i don't like that word cuz that's really used a lot in a lot of different ways uh in the world but their own resilience to sin right and their own uh their own ability to say no to sin has been compromised indeed their free will to a certain sense has been sacrificed by by their cooperation with sin and it is i would say it's um it's not a different dynamic it's the same dynamic of of temptation that happens whether we are addicted to something or not but i do think the the solution is rather different and i'll give you an example if somebody comes to me and for the first time in their life has looked at something inappropriate online or or in a magazine or something to me that that deserves a very strong uh rebuke or correction or or some some very strong advice to say don't ever do that again that's very harmful to you uh if somebody comes to me and has this problem in an ongoing fashion they need maybe a gentler uh more more um more practical approach because they they have become a slave to this particular temptation and sin. So yeah, there there is a difference in in maybe the the way that that temptation plays out and there's definitely a difference in how we deal with that in the spiritual life. We need patience, we need compassion for the sinner and for ourselves, frankly, for having patience with ourselves. but we still need to avoid uh temptation and we still pray that God will not lead us into temptation. You know, as you're talking about that too, um I know there are people who will end up going to confession again and again and again for whatever that addiction or whatever that, you know, thing that that sin that they face that they struggle with. Um there's this great moment in the Lord of the Rings and I'm thinking of the the movie right now over over the book but it's where Sam and Frodo they're just about at the end they're climbing their way up to Mount Doom to throw the one ring into the fires there destroy it and um you know get rid of the evil that's threatening all throughout Middle-earth and Frodo he says I just can't I can't go another step I can't do it and Sam he says you know the ring I can't carry it for you but I can carry you can we talk for a moment about how that friendship of other believers other Christians other Catholics and having accountability with other people can be a huge component to resisting temptation uh, yeah this you know this is so important and for me as an introvert somebody who prefers maybe to do things on my own who and and not only an introvert but just as a a prideful human being who likes to accomplish things on my own um it's so tempting for us to say I want to do this myself right I I don't yeah. want help from other people I want to carry this burden or solve this problem myself or maybe if it's a particularly embarrassing sin that has uh, that has uh crippled us for a while we think well I don't I don't want to share this with anybody I want to do this on my own and that's really when when it's so important to have others who will help us out I mean a, a good example of this I think is is though are for those struggling with uh chemical abuse and substance addictions uh we need help you need accountability but we need people that we can also lean on and people that we can look to and say oh well you also fell in this way and you were able to get back up and maybe now i've fallen and i need to see that it's still possible and there's still hope out there 
Um, yeah, I think accountability, friendship, uh, support of a community is is part of how God has created us. God created us not to be alone, but to be in community, to be part of a church. And this is particularly important when we're trying to overcome sin, when we're trying to avoid temptation, and when we're trying to heal from the wounds of our past. It's hard. It's humbling. And we much prefer to do things on our own because, well, that's how we are in our fallen human nature. But more often than not, we do need the help of, of another person or, or a community of faith to, to lead us out of our sin and into a healing pattern in our life. Do you think if we do try and go on our own that uh, we're just, it's, it's almost certainly that we're going to be more susceptible to falling. You know, I mean, people in AA, they have their sponsors they can call when they're feeling weak. But, you know, you were talking, it's not easy to reach out to other people. We want to do it on our, our ourself, uh, on our own by ourselves. Um, but you also have to really have trust in that other person that, or maybe it's more than one other person, but, you know, trust that they're not going to blab about whatever you're talking about or that, you know, they really will be supportive, especially that first time that you want to approach and say, this is what I'm struggling with. And can you help hold me accountable on this? Yeah, I think I think it's possible by God's grace to overcome things on our own. I, I've heard stories of those who have had pretty, pretty serious chemical addictions and, and they were able cold turkey to stop and to, to overcome them and 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 never turn back to them but i think that's the exception and i think that's maybe maybe a special grace given to to certain people i think most of us uh, need need assistance along the way. Maybe it's not telling our all of our sins and all the sordid details to to people around us, uh, but I think we do need we do need the aid of others more often than not. And I, I think especially Josh, I'm thinking of married couples. Here you have a, a partner that God has given to you. God has ordained for this person to be in your life, and very often we'd we'd rather not lean on them for those rather shameful or or troubling parts of our life, those hidden things that we don't want to share with anybody, maybe but our confessor. But maybe that's exactly the person that we need to need to build trust with, that we need to be open, that we need to open up to, that we need to allow them to help, as the example you use with Sam and Frodo, to carry one another, to, to not take the burden away, but to walk with each other. And I think marriage is a particularly powerful tool in overcoming temptation and overcoming sin, because here's a partnership that has been uh, that has been determined by God's will for a husband and a wife and has the power of, of even sacramental grace uh, in it that can aid in overcoming sin. Talking with Father Matthew Spencer today, he's a priest with the Oblates of St. Joseph, Provincial Superior and Shrine Director for the Oblates of St. Joseph out of Santa Cruz, California, talking about the temptations that we face in our life, those temptations we struggle with. How about you? When you've faced that temptation... What has helped you? What are some of the strategies? What are some of the ways you've been able to avoid and stay strong in the face of that temptation? How has God worked in your life? Or maybe it's something you're continually struggling with right now and you'd like to speak with Father Matthew. You can call in at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And also, I want to mention, uh, coming up this Friday, the National March for Life um, that's going to be happening in our nation's capital. And I'd like to encourage you, even if you can't be there, 
you can participate. Uh, Relevant Radio for the last several years has encouraged all of our listeners, you included, <laughs> you can be a part of our hashtag Fast for Life initiative. And uh, it's a way that you can pray, you can fast, you can give up something, make some sacrifice, and be united with those who are marching out in Washington. And you can tell us what you'll be doing by signing up at relevantradio.com slash fast. And this year, when you sign up, Relevant Radio and Solidarity Health Share, um, we both have worked together to offer you a free bonus e-booklet. It's called The Choice is Love, and it has answers to some of the most common arguments that people put forth on why abortion should be legal and how you can respond and say, no, abortion is not the answer. We need to protect all human life. Uh, so the choice is love. That's the e-booklet. It's a wonderful tool that will help you in responding to several of those popular arguments, but with a compassionate response. So again, if you if you can, I would encourage you to sign up. Join Relevant Radio and Solidarity Health Share this Friday. Those March for Life updates, we'll have them throughout the day, and you can be a part of it. Sign up for the Fast for Life. Just click on the banner at relevantradio.com or you'll see it on the Relevant Radio app and you can uh, let us know what you'll be doing, uh, praying, fasting, whatever it is, as we all uh, pray for the end to legalize abortion and the protection of all human life here in our country. We'll be back with more here on The Inner Life right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Today we're talking about our, uh, the, the temptations that we face in our life ways that we can work ahead to try and avoid and resist those temptations. How about you? How have you been able to do that in your life? Maybe you are struggling with that temptation and you're just feeling like, "Ah, I'm not sure if there's much hope there for me. Well, there is. And you can also call in and talk with Father Matthew if you need a little encouragement, maybe some advice on how you can resist that, that temptation in your life. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father, as we've been talking about how we can resist temptation, different practical ways that we can apply that in our lives, one of the things that strikes me, it might be kind of this good and bad blend because as we work and we get better at resisting temptation in our life, we're kind of exercising those muscles that we have to use, you know, those spiritual muscles. So we get stronger every time that we have that success in resisting that temptation. But I think we might find ourselves becoming more and more of a target for spiritual warfare, for Satan, for one of his demons, really trying to get at us more the stronger we grow. Uh, So as we're growing stronger in our discipline and our resolve to avoid sin, any thoughts on how we can safeguard ourselves against those possible spiritual attacks as we're trying to grow in holiness? Yeah, that, that's a very interesting observation and certainly true. The more that we're striving for holiness, the more the, the, evil, is, uh, the evil one is going to be opposed to us. 
In fact, the church has traditionally identified three sources of temptation in our life, the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? The world being all those exterior temptations and things that are happening outside of us and in society that can lead us astray. The flesh, not only talking about sins of the flesh, but our own disordered passions and our own weaknesses of, of will. Uh, but also the evil one is is a very uh, relentless uh, source of temptation for all of us. I think what's important to remember is that if the evil one isn't bothering us, that's because he's content with where we're at. And if he's content where we're at, that's a very bad place to be. Yeah, right? that, that's, that should set off all kinds of warning signals. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Exactly. If, um, so if temptation is, is, if we don't have a lot of uh, temptations in our life, uh, that's a bad place to be because that means the devil's completely content just to let us be where we're at. Now, I don't know anybody that would say they don't have temptations because how much the evil one loves to bring us, pull us even further down into misery. Uh, but, but as you say, uh, our our own willpower, our own free will, I should say, is is this muscle that we that we use. And the the more we cooperate with God's grace, the better we get at it, and the less temptation will will be a distraction for us. In fact, Pope Francis would talk about the more that we say no to temptation, the more confidence that we have in in our ability by God's grace to to live the Christian life. So I think just as as an Olympian will work further and further and further towards their goal and maybe see smaller incremental progress the the better they get that that same dynamic happens in the spiritual life and that we shouldn't then settle to say well I'm I'm happy just being able to walk 1 mile rather than to run 1 mile we should say no I I want to make some incremental improvement and and our our own spiritual life is going to be far better for it there might be more temptations along the way, but the alternative is to be in a, a lukewarm place in our life and to not be content at all. And, and at least if we're struggling and, and, and working against temptation, then we know that we're on the right path. Uh, Father, let's go to the phones. We've got Don who's listening to us in Norristown, Pennsylvania. Don, thanks for calling into the inner life. How have you been able to work at resisting temptation in your life? I recall uh, reading a scriptural passage one time that uh, when we say the name of Jesus, every knee above and below uh, the earth needs to bend. So I don't think there's anything uh, less or more powerful than to say the name of Jesus prayerfully. And for me, that removes temptation. Don, that is a fantastic observation, I think. Philippians 2 is is the passage that you're referring to. St. Paul writes that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend uh, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And you're right, that just the name of Jesus has so much power over temptation. I think for a variety of reasons. On the one hand, it's it's clearly the name that, that the Lord himself has chosen to be the, the name of our salvation. Uh, but also, when we say the name of Jesus, it often snaps us out of this lack of focus. It snaps us out of of allowing ourselves to sink into temptation and allowing our vision to be distorted or fogged over. And when we say the name of Jesus, it reminds us of, oh, I, I do have a Lord. I do have a God. I do have a Savior. And maybe I need to cooperate with him better in this moment. Uh, Don, I think it's also why 
in the East and, and also in the West, the Jesus prayer is so is so common, right? Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. This these words from Scripture that so simple and yet remind us, bring us out of, of our misery and, and put us into the mercy of God. Thanks, Don. I think that's a fantastic observation that I hope all of us will will remember in the moment of temptation. Just to say the name of Jesus can be a powerful tool in those moments. Mm, that's a beautiful, uh, beautiful thought and and very simple way to be able to approach those moments and just cling on to that. Even just that uh, simple prayer at the end of the Divine Mercy Chaplet, Jesus, I trust in you. Just mm. being able to say that in those moments. Uh, let's uh, also talk about if there's somebody listening and saying, you know, I, I, I've been working on this, I've been struggling... Anybody that you might recommend as far as maybe a saint who struggled with addictions but is a great uh, kind of uh, inspirational figure, somebody who can be that <laughs> that person who can encourage us that they might read about, learn a little bit more about, and call upon their intercession? Oh, gosh. I think every saint has gone through temptation, and every saint has had to, has had to fight similar battles that, that you and I have fought. The first one that comes to mind is the saint of, of today, St. Anthony of the Desert, uh, a, a man who lived in the 3rd century, 3rd and 4th centuries, I believe, and who who came from a rather wealthy background. His, uh, his father had quite, quite, a, quite an inheritance that he left to him. And St. Anthony, who would later become known as St. Anthony of the Desert, uh, had this this decision to make. He said, well, I could live a very comfortable life. I could take this inheritance and, and just live out my life in uh, material uh, comforts and uh, secular uh, ideologies when, when, in fact, he said, wait a sec, there's something, there's something more. And I'm going to leave all of this behind for, for a much more challenging life in the desert, much more demanding, sacrificial life uh, and one being one of the first hermits of, 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 of our Christian tradition, St. Anthony shows us that, well, there are temptations to, to hold on to material things and to live, into the, live in the world. But on the other hand, um, if, we, if we embrace the gospel, if we hear when Jesus, as St. Anthony did, the, the call to sell everything we have, give it to the poor and follow him, then there is great joy that's found there. He's the first one that comes to mind, but Josh, I think of pretty much every saint has has gone through temptations, and and maybe in particular circumstances, we find the saint that has gone through either temptations of the flesh or temptations of materialism, and then we we turn to them for intercession. Uh, Down to just a few seconds left here, but if somebody is feeling discouraged in facing that temptation again and again and again, any hopeful words for them on not just giving into despair, continuing on the good fight? God is merciful. God loves us, and God does not want us to be a slave to, to temptation and certainly not a slave to sin. So if you're, if you're struggling with despair or struggling with feeling that you can't overcome your own human weakness, know that God is on your side. He wants you to come out of this, but he also wants you to do it not by your own power. He wants you to rely on his grace. And oftentimes temptation and sin is an opportunity for us to allow God to be in charge and for him to get the glory. Father Matthew Spencer has been our spiritual director for the hour. Father Matthew, before we conclude, can I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners? 
Heavenly Father, keep all of our blessed listeners out of temptation according to your holy will, that they might always glorify you with their actions. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Matthew, thank you so much. Stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next here on Relevant Radio. Tomorrow we're going to be talking with Father Jim Kabicki, talking about ecumenism, how we can find those commonalities with our separated Christian brothers and sisters in other Christian ecclesial communities, but also how we can stay strong in our Catholic identity and hopefully reach people for the faith, the fullness of the faith that we have here. We'll talk about that coming up tomorrow here on The Inner Life.